0: I am so excited to have my dear friend, Chris Ferraro, here today. First, before we go into talking about all of this, how about you introduce yourself and tell people who you are and what you do and how people can find you?
1: So my name is Chris Ferraro and my main work is in the energy healing field where I am an EFT practitioner and I also use a number of other energy healing techniques. I work with people a lot on chronic anxiety and other debilitating patterns. I came out of social services where I worked for 15 years and I have been a healer for 13 years full time for six and a half, almost seven. So I've been in this uh, game for a long time. And I started out in this field taking two divergent paths. One was in the spiritual realm where I was studying consciousness and learning affirmative prayer. And I became a licensed spiritual practitioner, which was four years of in-person classes and a year and a half internship. So it was not a, an overnight kind of thing. I say I have a PhD in consciousness <laughs> as a result. And at the same time, I was doing the emotional journey work because of my own debilitating anxiety. So I realized that those two paths could come together and not only could come together needed to come together. So that influences my work. So I'm a spiritual teacher. I'm a speaker. I've taught internationally. And I am an author of now a second book.
0: You are an author of not one, but two books. Do you want to share a little bit about the first book and just let people know about that one?
1: Sure. I was asked by St. Martin's Press to write a book on energy healing for a series that they were doing with called the Start Here Guides for Beginners. So they wanted to do an uplifting series on to introduce people to practices like meditation. And they needed someone to write on energy healing and I had six weeks to do it. And uh, I didn't do anything for two weeks and I ended up writing it in four and less than a year later the book came out. So uh, I say I gave birth to the book by Whiplash and it's a wonderful introduction to energy psychology methods and learning how to be our own emotional healer. So that's the first one.
0: And I will just say that I think that it is not just a great book for beginners, it's a great book for anybody who wants some really good go-to tools for healing and energy psychology. And I also want to just acknowledge like, oh my God, you wrote a book in four weeks? Talk about manifesting. Which leads me to my question, what is manifesting? How would you personally define it, Chris?
1: I would define it as looking at life from the inside out rather than from the outside in. Most often when we're trying to achieve something in our life, we think we have to do that thing out there. So we want this career, we have to get that degree, we have to accomplish that thing. And yet all of creation comes from an internal process. Because there is only one energy that has created all of life, including each of us and all the levels and dimensions of both of our beings and everyone else is listening to it and everyone else on the planet, there really is no separation. So when we understand that our thoughts and our feelings and our intention and intention can direct and create good in our lives in a variety of ways, manifesting is a proactive way of going about doing that.
0: Mm. I love how you're talking about or acknowledging the distinction between the sort of inner world and the outer world. And I recently heard somebody talking about the idea of true abundance and manifestation is an inner job as opposed to being defined by our external circumstances. So true manifestation is not about the amount of money you necessarily have in your bank account at every single moment, as much as it's about the deep sense of all is well in my world, and I am okay, and I am, you know, yes, circumstances can be challenging, and I am creating the life that I want to live.
1: It's so important for all of us to do that. I believe that each of us has a unique soul and that our souls are here to create and to be in service to humanity. But sometimes life gets in the way. And so we can get distracted, we can get put off, we can go through traumas and debilitating experiences, we can feel misunderstood, and believe things about ourselves that just simply aren't true. And that can really get in the way of us creating what is ours to do. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I wanted to do with manifesting wasn't to say, hey, everybody, be an Instagram model make your 8 million dollars have that lamborghini and of course if anyone wants to do that that's a, an absolutely appropriate choice but that wasn't what my best life looked like my best li- life looked like doing work that i feel deeply fulfilling holding sacred space for people in their darkest of moments and and helping to bring in the light in a variety of ways and that is probably not glamorous to what a lot of people would think of as a glamorous life, but it's the absolute ideal life for me. So this book isn't about creating someone else's best life. It's about creating the best life for you and your, your soul path and what you are here to accomplish. And when you're doing that, you will feel so fulfilled and ultimately satisfied. You won't care about the Lamborghini because that's not, meaningful. It's the meaning that you have in your journey.
0: Yes. Well, and I think as you're talking about this, I'm thinking one of the challenges for so many of us is even recognizing what is our true heart's desire versus what we think we should be doing, you know, that we should have the Lamborghini, or if you live in Maine, you should have the Subaru. But, you know, (laughs) the idea of what you think you should do like how many women for example think that they should get married and have children that is actually externally defined versus that inner truth of what do we really want
1: jen i cannot tell you the number of times where someone has ended up in my practice and they've checked all the right boxes they're they're making the money. They have the right spouse. They've got the 2.5 kids and the beautiful house. And they've literally woken up and said, whose life is this? I thought that this was going to make me happy. I thought that this is what I was supposed to get. Or people that have manifested the dream job, but it's not really their dream job. It's their parents' idea of a dream job. It's their culture's idea of a dream job. And suddenly they're in it and they think, this is not what I think I actually wanted at all. Now what? Mm -hmm. So my book helps people to really get clear about their true, truest inner desires and to follow that path.
0: Yes. And the other thing you hinted at a little bit before is the fact that a lot of times our own stuff gets in the way of being able to do this work. And just that sometimes we hit snags in the road. And that was one of the things that I really, really appreciated about this book, was the acknowledgement of that part of this. The acknowledgement of the resistance, the acknowledgement of the snags, the acknowledgement of the places where it is challenging.
1: Well, I did what many people do when they first learn about manifesting. I walked around all day repeating the same affirmations. I am prosperous. I am prosperous. I am prosperous. Uh, meanwhile, my bank account had $2 in it. So, And I couldn't figure out why that wasn't working for me. And why I didn't give up completely and think it was a bunch of nonsense is is that there was an inner knowing that it had been activated, that there was absolute spiritual truth in this, this journey. And so that's why I doubled down and did the work that I did did to become a spiritual practitioner and really did a deep dive. I mean, it was many, many hours each week of prayer and meditation and readings, um, some of them going back 200 years. This was not uh, watching the movie The Secret. This was a real deep dive into the birthplace of metaphysics. And when my editor approached me about creating a book on manifestation, he knew that I had taught metaphysics for more than 10 years, and he thought I was an ideal fit, I said to him, I will not write a book that makes people ultimately feel bad about themselves. Because what happens is, is when we give people very surfacey type of information, like, hey, just repeat this affirmation, and your whole life is going to change, and everything is going to be fine what happens is people often blame themselves and they get very, very discouraged. And I said, I'm not doing that. I'm not setting up some false image. And you know, for people, when they read the book, I open up with a very humbling experience. The very first line is a very humbling experience about something that I've been through because we are spiritual beings having a human experience. At least that's something that I really thoroughly believe. And we need both, we are in bodies, we are walking around, we do have emotions, we do have monkey minds that tell us all sorts of nonsense and narrate our journey and make up all kinds of stories that don't have anything to do with anything. And so we need very practical concrete tools for navigating the humanness to create a spaciousness and room within us so that the things that we do wanna create Can actually grow because if i am saying i am prosperous over and over a million times but i have two traumas related to that 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 are flying in the face of it if i have had a a two a decade of debt and and horrible experiences that say otherwise that needs to be managed to make it believable because if you don't believe it your subconscious isn't going to either
0: Absolutely. And I just want to piggyback on that. What I have noticed is that if you don't believe the affirmation, it actually causes more challenge than just saying something negative. Because if there's that cognitive dissonance between I've got a million billion trillion dollars, and the $2 in your bank account, the reality of the situation is going to win every single time. And I think that that is one of the reasons why affirmations in the old school approach is just not effective and really doesn't cut it at all.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think we need to recognize that the, the masters of old, the transcendentalists are a part of this, the, the Mary Baker Eddies of the world, the Emmett Foxes, were living uh, lives of, of a simplicity that we are not. They didn't have access to the information we do. They weren't inundated and bombarded with with information and programming that's in advertising and in social media. They were living different lives and it may have been easier to just say an affirmation over and over again back then, but not so much for us now when we can find evidence all around us that says otherwise. Right.
0: And back then, I don't think there was as much paranoia. I don't think there was as as many examples of oh, there's that influencer with the Lamborghini who's living this particular life, and my life doesn't look remotely like that. And I think that just the fact that it took uh, sometimes upwards of, like, weeks to months for news to travel from one part of the planet to another, people just did not have that instant, instant contrast to the reality of their life that we've got now. Which actually leads to the next question, which is, So now that we know what manifesting is, from your perspective, why now? Why is it so important now?
1: Because the systems that are upholding life as we know it are breaking apart. So we're seeing our political systems, medical systems, financial systems, media systems. There's a lot of systems that have been built on what I call faulty foundations. So they've been built on ways of of manipulation. They've been built on old ideas about people. And so those things are breaking apart. So that is very uncomfortable but at the same time it's creating incredible opportunity for the dreamers the visionaries the light workers the the big compassionate people the empaths to now be a part of actively recreating a whole new world and so we need to be able to do that and for me to be able to be a creative being and to help as many people as i possibly can it's important that i have a roof over my head and that my bills are paid and i've got food in my fridge I live a, a fairly frugal lifestyle because hey, I am a Capricorn and <laughs> also, I'm also coming from working class people, but that's part of my values and, and I actually enjoy that. But I have been able to give more money than I ever have before. So I shared on my newsletter that two weeks ago I got out of debt for, it took, it's been 16 years and I am officially out of debt. And at the same time, I have donated more money than I ever have. And so we need resources, but more than that, we need ideas. We need inspiration. We need optimism. We need to allow ourselves to be vessels for a power higher than ourselves to move through us and allow ourselves to be the change makers, to be the trailblazers. And so it's important that we believe in possibility. It's important that we believe that we're able to get healthy and then serve others in their health and well-being. It's imperative. And I feel like there is so much cynicism going on. And believe me, understood. I understand it. Uh, You know, Jen, we've talked about this as empaths. We are feeling What is happening in the collective conscious in a very deep way? It is not comfortable at all. And my heart aches on a daily basis. And yet it is imperative that I be in my fullness because the more that I am, I am affecting the collective as well. I am affecting that consciousness and I get to be in my own empowerment. Then I am able to help and serve others in a deeper way.
0: Uh, preach, sister. Well, and this, this kind of aside to this is just the question that I think so many highly sensitive, empathic people ask is, with all of the pain, suffering, yada, yada, going on in the world around us, who am I to prosper? Who am I to have good fortune? Who am I to be healthy, have a roof over my head? How can I be doing this airy-fairy, magical manifestation work? when we need boots on the ground and shit's getting real. I think that this is the elephant in the middle of the room that when we start doing work on manifestation, when we start doing work on really embracing abundance and blessings, that every empath has to come to terms with. How can I let myself be worthy of receiving when I see so much suffering in the world?
1: Well, I can share from my experience of having been an activist since I was a teenager. So as a a young teen, I was an environmental activist. And into my 20s, it was really about being pro-choice and pro-women. And I remember being in my late 20s, and I was at a pro-choice rally, and there was a barricade. And on the other side of the barricade were the pro-life activists. And we were screaming and yelling at the top of our lungs, and they were screaming and yelling at the top of their lungs. And I had, this instantaneous moment of awareness that the energy was the same. That our energy and their energy of rage, of victimization, of oppression, of disgust was identical. And I realized that from that place, actually, nothing would be changed. Nothing. All we were doing was replicating more of that rageful, angry energy. And from that day, I stepped back and I handled my activism in a very, very different way. And I will share with you that I have brought skills, including EFT and others, into groups of activists. And what I have said to them is, if you are disempowered, if you are unable to connect with people that are on the other side of the line, you will never actually get anywhere. And so, and I also said to them, if your nervous system has been hijacked and if you're in a perpetual fight or flight response, not only is it undermining your very health and well-being, but you are then activating that experience in the other people that you are communicating with. And so from a place of powerlessness, your activism is not effective. So we can only Uh, create change from the place, the feeling state and the consciousness of who we want to be in the world.
0: Just so amazing, Chris. Thank you so much. That was just like, preach. So, so, so good. Just really appreciating that you remind me of not only with an activism, but I've had conversations with my friend Britt about the rescue world as well, and how so many people go into the world of animal rescue with just bleeding heart, the deep pain because there is so much pain, and yet yes, it's 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 almost like we have this weird false equation in our culture that we have to suffer in order to make changes. And the paradox is we actually have to raise our vibration out of suffering in order to truly facilitate change.
1: 100%, yeah. absolutely, it is, it is imperative because those feeling states are very, very different. And I know for myself, when I'm in an uplifted vibration, there are no enemies. And I think that in our polarization, no matter what side of the aisle you are on any different topic, what I can say is that as soon as you move into that place of I'm right and you're wrong, I'm good and you're bad, and we have these one-dimensional characteristics that we're living out, we will not come together Mm -hmm. and uplift the planet. And, and when we can come together from places of united values, which most of us have shared values, everyone wants the same things. We wanna be safe. We want to, uh, to be able to love and be loved by others. We wanna live in safe communities. We wanna be well-fed. We want to be able to have the freedom to pursue our dreams. And that's across the board for every single one of us. Yeah. And so when we can uphold that Then, all of a sudden, these lines of connection are created between us and others, because honestly, everyone is our brothers and our sisters. You know, it is one human family. And the more empowered we are, the better that we feel about ourselves the better we help other feel about themselves. If I went into a client session feeling horrible about myself and the client shows up, I'm actually meeting them at that place but instead if i walk in feeling really good about who i am and they say something about where they are in their journey i can say to them you can do this mm-hmm. i know that you can do this. you're worthy of this mm-hmm. and 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 i see their brilliance i see their their creativity i see their magnificence and that happens and unfolds so easily when i'm in an uplifted state
0: absolutely and When our vibration is raised, we can help other people to see the possibilities. When we are depleted and in a low vibration, we're just amplifying it and echoing it out into the world. You know, it works that way. So I want to talk about and bring out the whole aspect of the idea of spiritual bypassing versus law of attraction and manifesting. Because I think that there are some people who kind of confuse the two. And think that if you just keep saying affirmations that none of the problems that are going on in the world are real or are going to be happening. So let's talk about it.
1: So I have been starting I studied started studying metaphysic, metaphysics about 23 to 24 years ago and then I spent 18 years in a spiritual community that was centered around manifestation that's where I became a spiritual practitioner it's called Centers for Spiritual Living it used to be called religious science and it is part of what is called new thought so new thought religions the unity religion probably a lot of people are familiar with. And so I spent a long time, and while I was in that community, I also became a member of a a national council. So I ended up interacting with people of this faith from all over the country and the world over a three-year time period. And what I found as an empath is that there was a lot of pain that just wasn't being addressed. Really good, beautiful, loving, committed people. And yet there were times when they just, some of their smiles and some of their joy was suppressing some trauma and pain. And I was one of those people as well you know, I was drawn to metaphysics because my life was, as you would call it, Jen, a hot mess. And I wanted to change that hot mess around. And so it was important for me to be able to move into something that could create a different life for myself. I I listened to a small voice inside of me that said that life could be different. And when I listened to that, that my life did change in some ways and then there were other places where it did not and but what happened was, is I began to be fearful of my own thoughts. So I'd have um, negative thoughts about myself or others or the world at large. And suddenly this fear would come up of be like, Oh, my God, I'm going to attract more of this negativity in my life, because I'm having these feelings. And what I want to say is that I, I realized that that's absolutely not the case, that it's imperative that we don't block the flow of our energy. And that includes Includes our emotional energy emotions are not logical. we all have emotions that are um, that feel uncomfortable. But for me, as someone who is a deep feeler, it was imperative that I develop practices of not suppressing or shutting down those feelings, but moving through them. And when I move through them with acceptance and self-compassion, what I found is I could process them actually very quickly. Whereas if I had, say, anger towards another person and I had suppressed that, that actually blocked my energy flow. And it's so important that our energy flow freely for us to be able to create what we want because our energy is what is creates the nucleus that then goes out and draws into us what we're looking to make manifest.
0: <laughs> I am loving this conversation. We are just hitting some amazing pieces of this. And this actually really reminds me of One of the things I'm sure you've heard, because I've heard it a million times, which is, but if I tap on the negative, won't I draw more of that in? And that somehow acknowledging the wound that we already are dealing with, the festering pain within us, that somehow if we give it attention, that we're going to draw more of it to us, ironically, or the paradox is, what we resist persists, and what we accept shifts. So, Right there with you, sister.
1: Because I have also, yes, many times had people say that. And there were times when, you know, I took EFT classes live and in person more than once a year for six years, read every one of Gary Craig's newsletters. He's the founder of EFT and also had those same thoughts and feelings. What if what if this is creating more of it? But when I practiced it, I realized it was actually the opposite. That when I accepted, right? Because in EFT we say, even though, even though I'm angry at whoever because they did this, I deeply and completely love and accept myself, or I deeply and completely love and accept these feelings, we are ending on an affirmation most of the time in our setup statement. But the important part is we're saying, even though, so even though this is going on, it we're just speaking the truth. Right. And the thing is, is that I can feel disconnects sometimes within people where they're, they're beautiful and they're, they're trying to shine their light and yet there's something off. And what that thing is, is just an acknowledgement of our, our humanness and our human journey. And listen... I love to bliss out as much as the next person. I could spend all day in bed meditating and praying and, and just being in, in the presence of the universe and feeling that divine love. And and yet I am in a body and my body needs attention and my body has a mind and my body has emotions and my body has an ego. And all of those things are worthy of my, my attention they they absolutely are and and really if you want to become a master manifester loving and accepting all parts of yourself all parts of yourself is an imperative piece of the puzzle and and for me shadow work and eft and energy healing and journaling and many practices were an essential part of accepting all the facets of me the ones that i like are easy to like and the ones that maybe don't always get my approval because there's one whole ecosystem that is chris and the more i love and accept all of myself warts and all the more good that flows into my life
0: Absolutely. Well, and I think that when we can cultivate that appreciation for what is, we draw more appreciation and things become more in sort of congruous to what we desire and we really hope for. So you mentioned the whole thing of be careful where you practice. And apparently you have sort of a funny story. So uh, here to share the be careful where you practice story with us?
1: So manifesting has a lot of practices. I mean, it is just chock full of things to actually do. I like having things to do myself. I like giving people practical things that they can do. And so I share a variation of a healing practice that comes out of Qigong. And it's that you take an egg and you blow your your anger, your fear, your worry into this egg, and then you throw it against something. And and they recommend that you throw it against a tree. And so (laughs) I was having some money problems. I was desperate. I spent my last $2 on a dozen eggs. And I went into a park late at night. And this park was in a suburb, so it was surrounded by houses. And in traditional Chinese medicine, the liver corresponds with anger and the color that it corresponds with is green. So the the thought is that you blow your anger into these eggs and you wail them at green trees, particularly pine trees, because they're so green all year round. And so I was doing that, it, you know, I wasn't I was doing it silently. I wasn't screaming and yelling at the eggs, but I was clearly in touch with my anger and my frustration about my financial picture, blowing it in and wailing them until all of a sudden lights came on in a house and then not long after a police car showed up. So I dove into this bush that was filled with prickly thorns and I'm hiding out and I can hear these people come out and say that there were these teens and these teens were doing pranks in the park. And for the record, I was 32 and I acted alone. There was no one else there. And at the time I thought, this, you know, now the person that I am now, who's not as easily embarrassed would have just come clean. I think I would have just come out and said, this is what I'm doing. But when you think about it, if I had approached law enforcement and said, Hey, listen, I've got some money problems and I'm blowing my frustration into an egg and I'm wailing it. It's a power process for Qigong. I don't think that it would have been so well accepted. And so because of that, (laughs) Uh, I just want to say be careful where you practice because I have a lot of things where you can go into the woods and throw a rock or take a stick Uh, you know make sure that you are alone when you're doing that so you're not upsetting and scaring other people
0: and mindful of your environment for sure yeah (laughs) I've heard a similar practice that uses coconuts Where you put all of the energy and your negativity into the coconut and then smash the ever-living, you know, like throw it and smash it against something. Can't do it against a tree because it's not hard enough. So usually it's more against like a rock or something, but a very similar.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you really got to put some, you got to put some energy into that. (laughs)
0: Serious energy into smashing a coconut. Yeah, yeah, but very similar kind of idea. I love that story. I actually was going to ask you about an example of manifesting that you've done that's actually worked for you, you know, sort of like something where we're just really talking concrete. So somebody has a sense of like an illustration of what we're really talking about here.
1: One of my favorite practices that I've used myself and is in the book, I call the fine art of using lists for manifestation. So... I was working in social services. I live 12 miles outside of New York City. It is a very, very expensive real estate area, both as a a tenant and buyers. I had been a tenant. I was in my early 30s. Um, I had had a series of not so kind landlords and was getting pretty sick of it and decided that I really wanted to buy a house. And I had been waiting I was waiting for the, the ideal partner and then the kids and then get a house. And I didn't think that I could do it on my own. And, and I changed my mind about that. I said, I can do this on my own on um, a social service salary. So I met with a real estate agent who was a friend of a friend. And this person immediately said, there's no possible way. There's no way you're going to be able to buy anything with what you're making in the area. I know this area. I've lived in this area. There's no way that it's going to happen. And so I said, thank you very much for your time and goodbye, because I knew that if he didn't believe it, he certainly wasn't going to be able to help Mm -hmm. me. And then I was walking out of the house that I was renting part of and ran into the real estate agent for my landlords who were selling the property. And I, of course, had had negative feelings towards this person because I really love this place and I was upset that they were selling. And in an instant, my feelings towards her changed, and I heard myself saying, hey, I don't wanna be a tenant anymore, I wanna buy, do you think you can help me? And she goes, absolutely, I know I can find something for you. And so instead of trying to turn my attention towards getting a very small condo, which I wasn't interested in, I wanted something with a yard because I wanted to grow food, so I needed grass. Uh, She said, let's do it. And we found something in exactly the town that I wanted, one and a half miles from my job, with an interest rate of 2.5%, which was unheard of then. I got a special loan for lower income people. I had no PMI at all. I only had to put down 3% down payment. Everything fell into place. And I remember at the closing, I had to meet with my lawyer first to go over all of the paperwork. And the entire time he was saying, I just can't believe it. I can't believe you have a property this big. It was three floors. It had a basement. It had really large size rooms. It wasn't in the nicest of areas, but I didn't care about that. I actually didn't want to be in a neighborhood surrounded by husbands and wives and in those kinds of families. I wanted to be in different kinds of families where me being a single woman homeowner wouldn't feel so out of sorts. And so I did that. And I have to tell you, nobody believed that I could do it, except for me and probably members of my spiritual community who were really helpful for me at the time. And I pulled it off. And I was a homeowner for 12 years until I decided that my career was now more important and I needed to have something that was less fuss and didn't require repairs and all of that. And so I'm back to being a tenant, but in a place that I really, really love. So that was a very clear thing. I've used that same process for cars, lots of tangible things. I had a car that wouldn't pass inspection, for example, which is dangerous to be driving around a car that doesn't pass inspection and out of nowhere Out of seemingly nowhere, I was able to get an amazing car for a very, very low price. So, and in fact, when I manifested that car, I said, I will never not do this again. Like, I'm only going to approach creating in my life what I want from the standpoint of what I did, which was focusing on what I wanted, envisioning and knowing that it was possible, and dealing with my doubts and resistance because it the inspired action. It was very few things I needed to do for all of it to unfold and fall into place for me.
0: Can you just take us through this process step by step?
1: Oh, absolutely. I'd be happy to do that. So it's essentially making a list. And you start with the list with doing affirmations at the top that are that unify us to source, God, universe, whatever you use as your higher power. So I may use something like there is only one power and presence in the universe. And this is God. Then I I do a second statement, which is uh, comes from affirmative prayer. The second statement is unifying myself with that and I am one with this power and presence. So there, this exists and I am one with it. And then I claim the list by saying my whatever it is, my new house. Then what I do is I start creating a list of attributes of what I'm looking for that in that experience. So with a house, uh, how big do you want it to be? What towns do you want it to be in? What is the price that you want to do? I always encourage people to say affordable rather than actually saying a number amount because uh, I moved it from a less expensive apartment into a more expensive apartment and immediately got a raise that Mm -hmm. more than covered that Mm -hmm. apartment. So affordable can change. So I always have have that in there. What kind of windows do you want? Uh, Do you need a driveway? What size yard? And so what I did in my house process was I wrote down everything that I could possibly think of. And then I went about the process of going to see homes with my real estate agent. And what I did was I found a series of homes that I wasn't interested in, but they gave me valuable information about what I wanted and also what I didn't want. Yeah. So for example, I went to a house in winter, it was cold. I was 10 feet from the windows and I literally could feel the breeze touching me. Mm. I immediately put on my list new and well-insulated windows. I also encountered places that had what I did look for, what I did want, lots of natural light. I put lots of natural light on my list. And so once you create that list, it doesn't just stay the way that it is. You order the attributes in the order from most important to least important. Then you do an expression of gratitude. Thank you for having this already been manifested. And then you can say amen, and so it is, something that says this is complete. So once you create that list, you print it out or write it out, and you put it next to your nightstand, and every morning and every evening, you read out loud the affirmations, my new house, my new house has large windows, my new house is in this neighborhood, my new house – I am grateful for this manifestation and so it is and What happens then is you get information and you update the list. So that's what I did as I went about it. And for me, it was a physical, you know, looking at properties. But for you, it may be doing, say, research online. As you're doing that research, you're going to come across things. Oh, I definitely don't want that. So you want to put the positive opposite and add it onto the list. And I definitely do want this. And you want to add that onto the list. And when you do that, you're going to reorder right what's now all of a sudden your priorities are shifting so the list becomes a living thing that you are living with and the reason why you do it before bed and after you get up in the morning is because your subconscious is spongy and more open and available at that time
0: awesome and then um at a certain point I imagine it manifests
1: Absolutely. I have net it is, I'm telling you, the most foolproof method I've ever used for concrete things. It doesn't work so great for health. I teach a course called Letting Love In, and I do know people that have used it to get their next partner. So, you know, it can work for things like that, but it's great with physical items. And listen, I have taught it to probably thousands of people. I have shared it on podcasts. I still get letters. I taught a workshop in the UK six years ago, and I got a letter a month ago from someone who said, I still use that letter process. So it really, 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 really does work. And and it's very simple. It is using affirmations. It's putting them in the form of an affirmative prayer. It's focusing your awareness and your attention. And of course, if there are doubts about some of those items that are on there, you can address that by tapping or doing some of the other resistance busters that I share in the book.
0: This is so rich. Thank you so much for sharing this. As you describe it, I realized this is actually how I manifested my husband. I just didn't know that I was using that technique. But I had, you know Do tell. So when he and I So years before he and I met I wrote my list. I wrote my list. I had my non-negotiables. I had my absolutes. I had my it would be nice if. And I worked with it. I did a lot of like adjustment. But then, interestingly, I put it aside because I had to go to graduate school and I had papers to write and life to live. And I just didn't have time to be in a relationship. So I just sort of put A pin in the whole idea of being in a romantic partnership for a while, and I just kind of let it go. But I had the list, and I had really cultivated the list quite a bit. And it was a couple years later, when I started to actively look for a possible partner, that I came across my husband's profile online. And I reached out to him and I said, Hey, I might be a little bit more wild than what you're looking for. But you sound like somebody I'd love to know, would you be interested in just chatting and talking? And we just clicked immediately. But the thing that was so fascinating was he also did a lot of, cause he's also, he's an, a former unity person, new thought person, metaphysics person. So he and I both did the same work on manifesting each other. And even his personal profile was written in Unity speak about manifesting a partner. And of course, I knew immediately what I was looking at, and I was like, that is the person. So once we sort of had admitted we both were really into each other and were interested in pursuing the relationship, we both discussed and brought out the list. Each one of us ticked off absolutely every single thing on the list for the other one, including the, um, not only the non-negotiables, but the negotiables, like the, I'd like this, It would be nice if this. The one joke I have, or the one thing about my experience that I completely did not even consider, was it never dawned on me that I would attract a responsive, sensitive, compassionate, empathic wonderful partner who was also a mad fiend for sports I had never (laughs) ever been in a relationship with anybody who was a sports enthusiast until I met my husband and that oh I'm
1: so sorry it
0: came as (laughs) such a shock when I'm like, this, is, this person is like my dream person. He fits everything, every single thing. And he is like mad for basketball and, ma- and, and loves football. So my only joke has always been, you know, next time if I ever had to write the list again, I might find a way to say really no doesn't care about sports. But I also um, know more about basketball than I ever would have dreamed in my entire life (laughs) and understand the game. Like I really, football, forget it. I still cannot, I just cannot wrap my brain around football and the subtlety of it. I get the points of the big, you know, you get it from the ball from one end to the other end. But the subtlety of football, I've just never been able to get. But basketball, I actually really started to, I was like, if you can't beat them, join them. But I used a very
1: similar Jen, approach. I'm going to Jen, tru- I'm going to trust that that basketball knowledge is going to come in handy in some pivotal, unusual, and mysterious way. Well,
0: it certainly has been useful over the years, just in terms of being able to meet people where they are, and especially talking with dudes. It's like, if you can talk basketball, you can talk... Being able to talk sports is an entryway in to building bridges with people, which kind of goes back to that whole thing of seeing the humanity in somebody, even if we perceive ourselves as being really different. Sometimes those kinds of things that we may not necessarily love Once we really know how to have a conversation about it, I think it can be an incredible bridge builder.
1: So, see, it's come, it has come in handy, and you've ended up enjoying it. So, yes, that, that, and that's something that when people have used this to manifest their partners, you're going to laugh. They always come back and say, Yeah, but there's this one thing. Because we and I think and it.
0: I say, really, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah, you just yeah. suck it up, suck it up, Buttercup. <laughs> well, and that was the thing for me. I was like, Are you willing to throw away everything you've been asking for? Like you manifested this, and so sucks to be you, honey. You're going to watch some basketball for the rest of your life. Oh well, you know <laughs> right. it's it's not the worst thing in the world, and. I, and it's I, worked, and
1: it's worked out quite well, has yeah, it not?
0: Yeah, we are about to celebrate our twentieth wedding anniversary um, on September 23rd. So, woohoo! You know, woohoo! Yeah, we, we, it, it's, it's a good partnership, and it, it works. And I meant We mutually manifested it. We both were working work law of so attraction and brought, brought each other in. I love yeah. That did that. yeah. <laughs> so bonuses and resources.
1: Ooh, okay. So... For my last book, I reached out to some people in my circle and said, hey, do you want to create some bonuses to encourage people to not only check out the book, but also to learn more about people in the EFT energy psychology community? And of course, Jen, you were one of those people. And so it was so fun. And this time I got to expand the circle out of who I was inviting. I happen to know people that our astrologers and our coaches, in a variety of other different ways. I, my friend Juanita, is an amazing Reiki master, but she does these sound baths with, uh, with gongs and bowls that are just absolutely healing and nourishing. So I reached out and said, "Hey, does anybody want to come to the party with me?" And a lot of people responded so beautifully. So. For anyone that orders the book from now through the end of September, it has access to these bonuses. My bonus is that I'm going to do a big live manifestation ritual online in October and everyone is invited. And I hope to see you all there. And, there's a slew of other things. My friend Ilona did a beautiful webinar where she teaches about how manifestation and astrology work together, how when we're working with our own astrology, we manifest better. And there's many other things. There's PDFs. Andrea Lewis, who's part of our Spring Energy event community, did a beautiful Ho'oponopono audio, tapping audio for forgiveness. Mm. So... There are 10 really extraordinary uh, bonuses. Jen, do you want to talk about the bonuses that you offered? Because you went above and beyond.
0: I did, because, I mean, I'm a Capricorn with Virgo rising, so I always love zhuzhing everything up as much as possible. I created the Safe to Shine gift basket. And basically, this is all about letting, moving beyond the blocks that are inhibiting our ability to let our light shine in the world. And so it's identifying the places where we sabotage ourselves, where we shut ourselves down, where our fear of visibility is just basically got us by the throat. And addressing that and moving past it so that we can really, really let ourselves just radiate and be in that place of light and power and joy so it is uh there's a whole bunch of different pieces like you know there's video there's some work stuff workbook there's a collection of resources that i included so among the resources that you're including i've included more resources (laughs) and just really giving people all kinds of opportunities like you know look under the hood. And really adjust and shift it. And if you buy the book today or any time between now and the end of September and submit the proof of receipt, then you get this incredible, incredible bundle of resources and bonuses and just awesome stuff. And easily
1: I- easily worth 50 times easily. what the cost of the book is. The book retails for $14.99 on Amazon. Yeah. So I wanted to make sure that you all know about that because the bonuses are fantastic. And if you purchase a book for someone else as a gift, let them know so that they can go and sign up and, and get those bonuses themselves. Also, if you'd like signed books, I live in Montclair, New. Jersey, my local bookseller is Watchung Booksellers. They have been in business for 30 Years. This Mm. is their anniversary year. No easy feat. Uh, I know the owner and the manager personally. They are the most wonderful, incredible people. They have been a source of bringing the community together for so long. They are selling signed copies of the book. I went yesterday and signed a whole slew of copies. And they do online orders. So you can go to them. You don't have to be in the New York City tri-state area to go there. You can actually order it and they'll mail it to you. So know that that's available. And then I want to talk about the resources. So while I was writing the book, I said, this needs to be a multimedia type of format. I love books. I love paper books. I have a huge amount of paper books. But I don't know about you, Jen. I have those moments where I'm reading visualizations, affirmations, meditations. And first of all, sometimes they're too long to remember. So I close my eyes and I don't remember how to move along with what they're instructing me to do. So what I did was I created an entire multimedia website using the materials from the book. So there are 24 audios. All of the affirmations, all of the prayers, all of the visualizations, all of the meditations have been turned into gorgeous audios. You can go on and download them and listen to them. Also, I personally do not like writing in my books. I find the journal questions do not offer enough space. I write fairly big. So I took the quiz. There's a 30-question quiz in there and all of the journal questions and created a whole series of downloadable PDFs. So you don't have to write in your book. You can just go in there and print them out. So if you ever wanted to lead a, a book group, these are fun things that you could do in a book group. There are two Spotify song lists that are listed in the book. Well, I went to Spotify and I created them because not so fun to look at a list of songs. It's a lot more fun to listen to the actual songs. So if you go and sign up for the resources, they are 100% free. They are for anyone who buys the book from now until the end of time. And there are two different sign-up lists. So when you go to manifestingbook.com, you're gonna see a place where you can, it'll bring you down on the page to where you sign in for the bonuses. And then there's another one where you sign in to bring it down and go down to the resources. So you get to actually take these materials and really work with them in in much deeper ways than you would have been otherwise. And that has been a, a true labor of love all at my own expense but it's because i wanted to bring the materials of the book to life so it's not just words on a page but experiences that you can have with these resources
0: this just sounds so yummy and i i'm really thankful thank you so much for clarifying that not only do you need to sign up for the bonuses but if you want the resources you need to sign up for those separately because that was actually something i did not know and so I, I haven't been go, so
1: great at explaining I that.
0: Need to go, I need to go and sign up for the resources because I signed up for the bonuses and I, I've gotten them and have been perusing them and they're yummy. But now I'm like, ooh, I need to go sign up for the resources as well. So that was that's really helpful. And it just sounds so delicious. I just wanted to sort of back back backtrack for a second and talk about that whole sort of thing of like a book that retails for fourteen ninety seven and. You know, the thing I absolutely love about a book is that it is one of the most cost-effective ways to transform your life. 100%. You know, like, I mean, the same material, if somebody was working with a private coach or if somebody was even doing, like, a high-end coaching program, could easily run in the tens of thousands of dollars for the same level of experience, the same level of education and information. And the fact that, basically... Somebody can pay less than 15 bucks, which is honestly a happy meal and and a soda and a couple other things. Less than 15 bucks, one meal at a restaurant, really for one person, and we're not talking a high end restaurant. For less than $15, somebody can change their entire life. That's
1: how I changed my life. I mean, I was broke. Yeah. So I was going to libraries. I mean, the thing that really introduced me to affirmative prayer was a classic book called Pray and Grow Rich by Catherine Ponder, who's a old school, a unity minister. Yeah. And in the early 60s, okay, wrote all of these books on abundance and prosperity. And I was working in social services. And of course, I was also working part time because you never have one job. When you're in social services, you work more than one job. So I was working part time for a hypnotherapist and she had uh, used old used books that she was selling for very cheap. And I said, pray and grow rich. This is ridiculous. This is absurd. And I went on this whole big riff about greed and, you know, in my cynicism and she pulled it off the shelf and she handed it to me and she said, take it. I think that you really are going to like it. And I started reading the book. I was challenged by it. It went against things that I were deeply held truths. And then I started doing the affirmations in it and my life started to change much to my own uh, chagrin. Uh, on some level, I think I wanted it to fail so I could be right. Isn't that, mm-hmm. isn't that, isn't isn't that, that
0: something? Isn't yeah. that
1: the ego? Isn't
0: that so that yes,
1: my life began to change for a free book that was like at the time 40 years old yeah. that someone decided in all their generosity to hand to me. And that's why I have an entire, I'm in a one bedroom apartment and my dining room is my library and office uh, filled with books
0: absolutely yeah catherine ponder was one of the very first law of attraction metaphysical people and dynamic laws of prosperity is one of my bibles i absolutely love that book beyond beyond and uh shakti gawain creative visualization florence Scovel, yeah florence Scovel <laughs> shin also really love her writing but it was like catherine ponder changed my life in a lot of ways and She's still alive in her 90s. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere yeah. in
1: California, yeah. live, it, live in a good life and talk about someone who manifested. You know, when you said that and you started listing those authors, all of this, all of this emotion came up for me because I thought I am now a part of them. I'm now a part of that group. I'm now a part of that tribe of bringing s- similar materials and skill sets out to people, and and I'm telling you this stuff saved my life, and I'm so grateful that I get to be a part of that tribe.
0: You're making me cry, because I'm just thinking, Chris, someday there will be another set of women who are on some kind of live stream talking about the launch of their book, and talking about how your book Manifesting was the thing that took them out of, like, this hellhole of a life, and allowed them to transform it where they were like you know i read the dynamic laws of prosperity and i read these other things but the problem was they didn't address the issue that was going on for me which was that i had all this trauma and i had all of this stuff and i had all these issues that were blocking me from being able to receive and accept abundance in my life and then this book fell off a shelf in a bookstore in a used bookstore And it just landed at my feet and I thought, huh, Manifesting by Chris Ferraro, I wonder what that is. And let me tell you, this book completely changed my life. That's the thing about books. The purpose of a book is really like to share information with the world. And comes
1: from such a place of, I want you to have this too. the entire time i'm writing it i want you to have this too and i procrastinated i had a lot of time to write this book and i procrastinated and i started in february of 2020 and then boom COVID hits and i can't even say all of the miracles that showed up in my life while my practice had quadrupled overnight and i was writing sometimes at midnight or one o'clock in the morning because i thought We need this information and it does come from an absolute labor of love. It is a tremendous amount of work, but I have to tell you, I've been wanting to be an author since I was eight and now I've got my second book out. So, you know, dreams don't have deadlines, as LL Cool J says.
0: <laughs> well, and I absolutely love that. I have a, another a spiritual teacher that I've been working with lately. Whenever we set a deadline or a timeline for manifestation, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. That it's like the universe, the universe is going to b- deliver it when it's time, not any That's sooner. Right. And a lot of times the problem that somebody has is not that the thing isn't manifesting. It's that it's not coming on the t- timeline, we think it's going to come on. And just I love that reminder of the universe does not have a deadline. It, it will happen when it's supposed to happen. And
1: no and, and well and that pressure that we put on ourselves and on the universe comes from the pain of not having and the irony of this is that when you dissolve the pain of not having that which you are seeking to manifest it is then when it shows up you will hear this in popular culture people will say once i gave up on being in a relationship then I found my person. Once I put that, once I put that letter away, then this happened. Once I just said, Oh yeah, whatever about that. Well, because the focus wasn't on not having, because the the problem is, is that longing is two emotions that are intertwined. It is desire and it is not having the desire. And so in manifesting, it's important that we separate out dissolve the pain of not having and then be in the purity of the desire Mm. and in the purity of that it doesn't matter when it's going to happen because you're in a place of trust and you're not in a place of pain
0: oh so 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 good so we uh are at the bottom of the hour at this point in time, this conversation Boy, the time has flew. whizzed by I, I have to say, Chris, you and I've had some pretty amazing conversations. I think this one takes the cake. I think this truly is one of the best conversations that we have ever done. I it just uh, really... I couldn't agree more. So... I couldn't agree more, but you are my you
1: are my sister from another mister.
0: Uh-huh, <laughs> it's just gonna keep getting better, girl. Yeah.
1: We're just gonna keep yeah. coming together and work and, and sharing our projects with our people and loving one another and loving the stuff that we're doing and as we're doing that the good just continues to grow thank you so much for taking this time with me. you are
0: so welcome let's just flood chris let's just shower her with love shower her with love you guys and just let her feel how much appreciation we have for all the blessings that she is spreading in the world
1: Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Jen. You're such a master at all of this stuff. Thanks to everyone that showed up. Manifest the things that you want, you all. And then from that overflow, share it with others and let other people know that they could be living the lives that they really love. It's poss- it, I'm, There's nothing special about me. It's possible for each and every one of us. And I just did the practices that I shared in the book. So that's why they're there
0: and i really want to just draw out or point out the thing you said that i think is so pertinent and so relevant is that when you come up against the resistance and when you come up against the stuff that is like you start the list you start working on what you want to manifest and then you get that pushback and the yeah but i have this whole thing that i call the precision affirmation technology which is you write a bold audacious statement and you get pushback, that's going to give you an indication of where your work is and what you need to address. And, that, 100%. You know, and that's the thing that I just, if you guys can take anything away from this, the amazing manifestation list technique, but also if, if you notice that stuff is arising for you when you start going after your dreams, That's what you need to address and clear and heal before you're going to be able to bring that stuff into your life really effectively or completely and entirely. Chris, it has been such a delight to have a conversation with you today. Just such an incredible delight. I am so proud of you. I am so excited for you. This is such a big deal and such an incredible accomplishment. And I know this book is going to spread goodness in the world in a time where we need it so desperately. So how do people find you and how do people find your book?
1: So manifestingbook.com is where you can find the links, the purchase links, so you can do Amazon or Barnes and Noble, uh, Indie Books is there, so you can use that for the Indie Books, uh, Books A Million. And then that's also where you can, once you purchase, sign up for both the bonuses and the resources. Uh, My website is chrisferraro.com, so K-R-I-S-F-E-R-R-A-R-O.com. And you can learn more about my coaching services, classes, group coaching. there's going to be lots of new things coming over the next year from now so and if you'd like to sign up for the newsletter if you go to Chrisferraro.com and scroll to the bottom you can put in and you will be on my newsletter i do a really good newsletter i am happy to say with really good photography and original articles and lots of tips and i give away tons of stuff including books from friends there's going to be a big giveaway of friends books including two of yours uh jen empathic mastery which is the definitive book on being an empath that i was blessed 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 to write the forward to so there's uh that's going to be coming up in about a month or so it's going to be a big uh, friends friends books giveaway. So I give away a ton of stuff and I I answer all of my emails personally and I love hearing from people.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. So chrisferraro.com is where people can find you and manifestingbook.com is where people can find the book. So Chris, I've As we're sort of definitely coming to the end of this conversation, I'm just wondering is there any last tidbit, any last thing that, like, you just like you tune in and spirit is like, hey, don't forget to say this one thing? Is there anything else that feels really important? I
1: want everyone to know how deeply we are loved. That there is a force of good in the universe that I call God, and in the book I call Universe that goes by more names than we could ever list and when i realized this not in an intellectual way but i was able to feel this divine love that was for me everything in my life changed after that so i want you to know when you feel alone and when you feel lost and when it doesn't feel possible that this could be true i know this for you that you are loved and you are made out of love itself, and that we are fish that are swimming in the water looking for it. It is within us and all around us. And anything that I can do to help you get in touch with that love, that's my mission statement.
0: Thank you so much for being here for sharing the blessings of your work. Thank you so much for giving us such a candid, honest, real conversation about what's really involved in manifesting. I think hopefully another thing people will take away from this is that if they're just trying to say affirmations and it's not working it's not because there's something wrong with them but a
1: hundred percent yeah
0: yeah there's there's
1: something in the way and there's a lot of easy and beautiful things that you can do to clear the debris from the road so you can get to your destination
0: Mm. yes As we come to the end of this episode, I'd love to hear what you're taking from this show. Please jump over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com to leave your comments. In the show notes, you'll find a link to grab your copy of My Empathic Safety Guide, Three Basics for Finding Calm in the Eye of the Storm. And while you're there, please subscribe and follow this show. And thank you for your help sharing this show with the people who need it. Please help me to spread the word and send this podcast to friends or family members who need support living as highly sensitive empathic people. Then join me again when the next Empathic Mastery Show airs. Okay, one last time. Hop over to EmpathicMasteryShow.com for your empathic safety guide. And until next show, shine on. We need you and your gifts here on this planet. So please don't judge your empathic rainbow by colorblind standards.